Hello, everybody, and welcome to this quarantine edition of the Time Filler Podcast. <clears throat> I'm your host, Phil Emmerich. Uh, it's been quite a while since I made an episode, in part because we had a four or five month drought of any live sporting content, um, but also in part just that life got busy. I'm aiming towards um, graduating from school finally here this fall, and so a lot of my free time has been taken up with that. But I thought I would take a minute today and record a little bit about my thoughts on how the um, COVID adjustments are impacting both the Wisconsin teams and how they're doing, but then also a little bit about how I'm viewing the experience as a fan. Um, and so I thought I would just take a little bit today and kind of recap all of that. Uh, I wanted to start with the Milwaukee Brewers as to me, that's the quintessential summer sport of watching baseball. Um, it seems like thus far, the league has largely been driven by elite pitching staffs. Um, and being that the Brewers have a fairly average pitching staff, you, it, does, it doesn't surprise me that they came off thus far as a, as a rather average team. Um, what I'm interested to see <clears throat> is how, as the games move on, and we kind of get out of this ramp up period and into a little bit more of the heart of this shortened season, what's going to happen when some of these elite arms start to maybe not necessarily break down, but start to tire out a little bit and managers are forced to use a little bit more of their bullpens. And on the offensive side, you know, guys start seeing the baseball a little bit better. And um, as an offensively driven team in Milwaukee, I'm curious to see, how things are going to change for the Brewers as um, some bats start to come alive. Uh, the four games back of the Cubs, and um, albeit, you know, last night's game against the Twins didn't end up in a win, it was good to see a little bit of life in the team. Um, so I'm curious to see how it moves forward. I think that Milwaukee can stay on pace with the Cubs for a while here, um, but eventually, obviously, they're going to have to make up some ground pretty quick. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, in terms of the fan experience, uh, for the most part, it seems pretty good. Uh, baseball is, you know, other than when you get into like postseason baseball, watching from home and listening to it on the radio doesn't seem to be impacted too much by the lack of fans. Um, it's nice to have it on. It's nice to kind of get back into that routine a little bit of hearing Bob Uecker and um, listening to Brian Anderson and The Rock call the games. Um, but I do wonder... You know, a club like Milwaukee, they've seemed to really thrive on clutch moments over the past couple of seasons um, where the fan experience definitely, you know, helps to lift the players. And I wonder how that's impacting their play. I, not to say that if this was a 60-game season with fans in the stands that they would be first place in the division, but um, I do think that they'd have a little bit more life in them um, than what they've shown in a couple of these, like, 8-1 to one losses. Um but yeah, just be just be curious to see how they turn it on here as we get to the heart of the season. And then looking at the Milwaukee Bucks um, in the NBA bubble down in Orlando, um, they're basically still in a preseason mode. Um, you know, unlike the Phoenix Suns and some of these teams that are actually playing for either making the playoffs or playoff seating, Milwaukee showed up without a whole lot of incentive to pull it all out there during the eight game ramp up. Um, and so um, you also have to look at the players that have missed time in these games. We just got Bledsoe and Project Pat back um, from the COVID list. 
Um, and of course, they're just, you know, starting to get their legs back. And then you have Giannis being really load managed. Um, you know, he's either playing half games. Last night, I think he had a tooth surgery of some kind. Um, and so they don't seem to be a great bubble team yet. But um, it seems to be that their approach has been mostly just treat this as a preseason and kind of get things back up and going. Um, I'm, I'm super thankful that they did end up, you know, securing the one seed even before all of this really got started again, because you're looking at a first round matchup against the Orlando Magic. Um, and although they, in a way, sort of have a home field advantage, being that it's in Orlando, I would imagine that the bubble kind of negates any of that. Um, and Milwaukee's just a far better team. So you at least have to really, you know, be thankful that you get that first round against a, a really inferior team to kind of get things going again. As far as the fan experience, I would say that the NBA bubble games have been my personal favorite out of all of the content that's been available now. I really like the way that the games are displayed. Um, the virtual fan thing I could kind of take or leave. I know that there have been some fun things where celebrities or um, notable sports figures have kind of been in there giving it a little bit fun. A little bit of fun. I could kind of take that or leave it. Uh, I really like the camera angles. I, I think that um, the NBA did a really good job of kind of restructuring the way that they present the games. I think that the commentators have been um, a little bit more easygoing with the bubble to start here. Obviously, we're not in playoff mode yet, so I think a lot of that will get ramped up, but I think it's been fun. Um, and the players really seem to be dialing in. Of course, being away from their families has to be tough, but it does get their focus, you know, solely on the sport. And um, it's, it's sort of like a glorified basketball summer camp in a way. So it's, it's fun to see the social media stuff that's been happening too. And so um, moving on to another team, the Green Bay Packers and the NFL experience. Um, as everybody has probably heard, uh, the entire preseason uh, slate of games has been lost. And, and with it, for me, has been a lot of the excitement. I usually, you know, really look forward to, you know, players getting back into camp and seeing some of the, you know, highlights of the wide receivers that aren't going to make the team and the buzz about the, the third round linebacker or, you know, in this year it would be a tight end, you know, just getting into the offense and stuff. And it really gets the football juices flowing um, with the lack of preseason games and really lack of media coverage around what the team is doing. You lose a lot of that, and I'm realizing that's taken away a lot of the excitement for the upcoming season. Um, I'm, of course, still excited to do the fantasy football thing and um, to start looking at how teams line up, but you just get less information, and I think that that makes it hard as a fan to um, really dial in and start thinking about how the season's going to be. One thing that the Packers have going for them, a lot like when they transitioned from the 2010 to the 2011 season where the off season was shortened due to the lockout. We have a relatively intact team. Uh, the coaching staff with head coach and offensive and defensive coordinators is all intact. Um, all of the major positions have um, intact players from last season. And although a lot of fans and a lot of experts view last season as a little bit of an aberration for how good the team was. You did have a team that went to the NFC championship game and had some talent on it. So keeping a lot of that intact and keeping a lot of the scheme the same is certainly going to be to their advantage as opposed to some teams where they weren't able to go through the offseason installations 
and have the preseason to evaluate players with, you know, a new GM or something like that. The Packers have the advantage of, of basically bringing back, you know, 90% of what they had last season. And I think that's going to be really helpful for them going into the year, much like in 2010 when they won the Super Bowl, kept nearly everybody together and um, obviously went 15 and one that year. I don't, I don't expect that the Packers are going to go 15 and one, or I, I doubt they'll even match their win total from last year, but I do think that the um, abridged off season is going to help them in comparison to other teams. Obviously the, the jury is still out on how the NFL experience is going to be um, there. So many things are still in flux. They really haven't had any, you know, physical contact that comes with football um, and certainly not with other teams to see how their response to COVID with daily testing and whatnot is going to work. Um, we don't know how it's going to work with players with missing time or, you know, having adjustments to the possibility of players missing time. Um, so all of that is still really TBD. I hope that we end up getting a full season. Um, I'm leery about that happening as we move into the late fall and winter months where it's common for flu viruses and whatnot to ramp up. Um, but for now, it's exciting to think about football coming back and that's really all you can really be as a fan. Um, unfortunately for the Wisconsin Badgers, although nothing official has been announced, it looks like there's a lot of momentum towards there being no football for the fall for the Big Ten. Um, you know, you can make a whole series of podcasts on that situation and whether it's right or wrong for the players. Um, how do you adjust off of that? Are teams allowed to just kind of make their own schedule if the conference folds in? Um, but the current situation as it stands is that it sounds like there won't be Badger football. And so that'll be kind of, you know, the way that I'm approaching it right now anyway is to not expect one. Uh, do not expect the season that is. And that's that's unfortunate, especially for the diehard fans um, that would, you know, not miss a game if there was one played. Um, but I think for most casual fans, the experience of the college football season um, would have been dampened to the point where I really don't think that they're going to miss what the product was going to be. Um, obviously, you know, you weren't going to be able to go to a packed Camp Randall Um you certainly weren't going to be able to come down to Madison and go bar hopping to watch games as you, you really can't do anything in bars right now down here. Um, and so the, the experience of game day, it was going to be severely lessened from the fan standpoint. Um, you go to the players, you know, these are young kids, not professional athletes. I really think that a lot of their energy is fed off of the crowd and the band and, you know, the lead up to the game uh, the parties afterwards, obviously. Um, so, you know, not having that is basically going to make every game a duplicate of an away game versus Northwestern, even worse without any fans as opposed to their 10,000 or 8,000 or whatever they can fit in their stadium. Um, and so, you know, if, if it does come to fruition that the Badgers don't play football this year, um, you know, we, we wouldn't be able to see what it would have looked like to actually make this comparison, but I really don't think that the experience would have been justified enough for the, you know, for what it would have been. Um, and so, you know, if it does come through and there are games, will I watch it? Yeah, I'm going to watch it. I enjoy the games, but um, it'll be hard to kind of see how 
the atmosphere is. And if it's subpar, you know, it would be tough to keep interest in a season that would feel hollow in a way. So um, to me, if, if I was, you know, the commissioner of all this stuff, I would, I would probably find some way to restructure college football in a way to put the risk back on each university. Um, and if that means a lot of places choose to not have games, or if you just have the, you know, the elite teams that want to put together a schedule, um, and, and, you know, and then fewer college games, you spread out the NFL content over Saturdays and Sundays, that would probably be the way that I would do it. Um, be interested to hear about, you know, what your guys' takes are. If, um, you know, if you would rather see college football move forward, if you'd rather just scrap the whole thing. Um, I think that this whole situation has um, brought a lot of awareness to everybody in terms of how they view the necessity of sports, the value of sports, what sports brings to the individual athletes. Um, and I, it's fun talking about those types of things with, with everybody. So um, if you have any opinions on how the uh, sports adjustments to the coronavirus situation has been, um, hit me up on Twitter at TimeFiller. Um, shoot me a text, Facebook Messenger if you're Brett Lamb. Um, you know, definitely let me know. So Anyway, thank you guys for listening and um, go Wisconsin sports.